With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Bet the Edge on Friday, December 17th. Thank you to those of you watching on our Envy Sports Edge YouTube channel. I am Drew Dinsick at whale underscore Kaffer on Twitter. I am joined by the great Vaughn Dalzell filling in today for our fearless leader, Sarah Perlman, who is on a well-deserved Friday off. Uh, coming up, we have a packed show. It has been a wild week in the NBA. Kenny Ducey is here. We get to talk NBA. We get to talk a lot of basketball today, which I'm super fired up about. Uh, Kenny will help us identify some value on the board for tonight's games. Then we have an outstanding interview with three-time All-Star, NCAA champion, NBA champion, Rip Hamilton. He tells Vaughn and I who to look for in the futures market right now as we break down a comprehensive breakdown of the Eastern and Western conferences and some of the awards markets. And then finally, with nine bowl games on tap for Friday and Saturday, John Supwitz joins us to explain which ones he has circled, plus edge of the day. All of that and more coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Vaughn, Friday, hope you're enjoying your day. I hope you had an awesome birthday celebration last night. Uh, and uh, congratulations to your Chiefs. They deserved it. What were some of your takeaways of that one, man? I don't know if they deserved that. I don't know if anyone deserved to win that game there, but... Uh, to your credit, Drew, you did say they're going to go for it a lot on fourth down, both teams, especially Chargers. I mean, I'm screaming kick the field goals, but that's obviously not the move in the NFL anymore. Analytically, it's more like Madden than anything. These teams love to go for it. So it was a great game, though, overall. I mean, one of the best Thursday night games we got all season long. So, I mean, how would you yeah. feel about it? Well, it was hugely entertaining, like you said. Uh, I feel like if uh, Derwin James is there for the second half of that football game, it plays out a little differently. And uh, really, a lot of points left on the field for the Chargers. Uh, that could have gone a very different way, I felt like. And it was uh, that's going to be hugely consequential for the entirety of the AFC. Uh, let's bring Kenny in and talk a little NBA. We look forward on this show, and uh, there are a lot of games left to play. And a lot of games left to bet on, not just tonight in the NBA, but this whole weekend. So I'm fired up about the association right now. Back in the winner's circle after my Knicks overcame home with some garbage time scoring last night. Uh, <laughs> hey, Kenny, me too. Yes. Oh, good job, man. Had that over, uh, yeah. Yes, that was a, that was actually a fun one because it was, it, you know, at moments during the game, you're like, this is clearly the right side. And other times it's like, what's going on? Three minutes with no, po no points for the Knicks uh, to end that first half. I was like screaming at my television. But anyway, hope uh, your Friday is looking well. Uh, and would love to pick your brain on one of these plays that we share an opinion on. Uh, and it is the Boston Celtics versus the Warriors, a game at which I believe my co-host Von Delzell will be attending. What is the handicap for the Seas as they welcome the Dubs to Beantown? 
I need it. Well, first of all, I could never imagine you screaming at your television. You seem like a very relaxed, <laughs> cool, laid back guy. You're I, correct, I, yeah. I could never see you getting mad about anything. Just firing uh, off angry tweets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. With that said, I think that the the secret here, and look, it's probably motivated by the fact that Steph Curry was looking for the three point record, but. I mean, Steph Curry hasn't been playing that well, right? Over the last six games, he's shooting just 34% from three. And while you'd assume that, you know, maybe the, the volume goes down, I mean, look, I know he's taking 15 threes per game over that span, but for the season, I mean, that's not sort of out of line, right? For, for what we've seen, I mean, he's going to probably take double digit threes. The fact that he's not shooting that well just leads me even more towards the Celtics when you consider the fact that Jalen Brown is now back. Uh, Jabari Parker and Al Horford are out. I don't think those are really consequential absences. And with Jalen Brown back, we saw against the Bucs, this is just a, an offense. Look, this is an offense that struggled all season long when you look at the ranks. And, you know, they've really come to life with Brown back. And now Josh Richardson going to be entering the fray as well. And I know that, you know, the Celtics haven't been great against the spread at home. They are, you know, they did cover in the only game that they were a home underdog. I, I do like them in this spot quite a bit. I just think that, again, this is, this is a team that's gotten healthy. They have a lot of momentum here. And the Golden State Warriors, they have a ton of, uh, I, I think, uh, there, there's a ton of issues here with Jordan Poole being out of the lineup as well. We've seen how much he's contributed on the offensive and defensive ends with Clay Thompson missing the start of the season. Uh, I think that all those things combined would just look at the injury news, the fact that the Celtics have sort of been revitalized on offense. I think that at home here, you get a little home cooking. We've seen them historically pretty good against the spread at home over the last few years. I like the Boston Celtics here to cover and maybe even win. Shock the Golden State Warriors just for a lot of different reasons. Well, last time I went to TD Garden, I was very disrespectful rooting for my Bulls, and uh, we came out with <laughs> victory. So this time I may have to flip the script and be a Celtics fan. I am going with one of my friends who's a Celtics fan, so should be a great game. I do lean the last, Celtics as well. And I, last uh, time I was there, I was disrespectful uh, towards Stefano Sitsipas rooting for Nick Kyrgios, so oh. it makes two of us. Yeah, so it should be certainly a good game. I'm looking at Jalen Brown's props. I'm waiting for those to pop up. I think that's going to be a steal tonight. Another game that we're going to talk about is Lakers and the Timberwolves. You never would have thought the Lakers would be plus three dogs against a Timberwolves team this season, but here we are. Lakers have a ton of issues right now. They are two and four on the money line as a road dog this season. We playing the Timberwolves here, Kenny? I think we are. You know, yeah, the Lakers opened up as one-point underdogs. This line is flying, and it's because the Lakers have a lot of injuries. I know that Russell Westbrook has looked bad at, at a lot of times this season. Really, uh, over the last few seasons, he's looked pretty bad. Uh, he was he was pretty vital to the Los Angeles Lakers in their thrilling win that was led by an Austin Reeves three. I, I do think that, you know, without him, the pace comes down. This team doesn't really have its identity. This is a very fast-paced team. They love to run out the break, and it's because of Russell Westbrook pushing the ball. We've seen with, you know, the Charlotte Hornets, for example, with LaMelo Ball out, the pace goes way down. I think that's a similar situation now that Russ is out. Malik Monk as well, Avery Bradley, Taylor Norton Tucker – the list goes on, and look, I know that the Timberwolves have struggled on defense of late, but this is still a team that's 12th in defensive efficiency. They have had, you know, those great defensive performances this year. They have that track record. And to me, you know, even with Dwight Howard out, right, especially, it doesn't really matter if AD and LeBron play this game. There's just no depth here, not even any depth behind Anthony Davis, uh, who we know, you know, doesn't really like to play heavy minutes because of all the injury issues. I just think that, you know, this is a situation where Carl Anthony Towns probably dominates inside and the Los Angeles Lakers as well, they love to take shots around the rim, but this is a Timberwolves team, again, with Towns, with Jared Vanderbilt, some, some good bodies down there. They can defend the restricted area. I do think the Timberwolves are in a pretty good spot. And again, I just don't see anyone really stopping Anthony Edwards on the perimeter with no help, right, whatsoever on the wings or even at the point guard position. Uh, the, the days of Alex Caruso are long gone. We're going to see 
you know, Kent Bazemore out there. I just, I don't really like the Lakers here. I also would think that the under would be a good play as well. That was sort of my early lean here, you know, I, until I sort of considered the fact that, you know, this is just too many injuries for the Lakers to s- sustain. But I do think without Westbrook, the pace of this game comes down a little bit. I, I could see the under taking place as well, considering you know, the Lakers offense, uh, the, the Lakers defense has been pretty good lately and their offense is really going to suffer without all these, these guys in the lineup. You make a strong case, Kenny. And realistically, uh, I could see a scenario where both uh, LeBron and AD decide to take the night off, considering how many minutes they're going to be asked to play in this one. Uh, so you may get even more value there. Uh, plus, uh, yeah, right. Anthony Edwards, he's a hot hand guy. Uh, when when he's seeing when he's seeing the rim well, it's a uh, it's you know green light and he is filling it up. So fun look there for the Timberwolves. The Charlotte Hornets are, a tif- are have been maybe one of the most challenging teams to handicap in the month of December because they were the first team that really got whacked with uh, COVID, and it seemed not to matter. Like they were playing through it with the you know the the dregs of their lineup and playing well, and then all of a sudden the freaking trap door opened and like they fell through the floor and. You know, in that that memorable game against the uh, the Mavericks on Monday, they just had absolutely no chance. How do you think they are currently, you know, situated now that players are starting to come back and they uh, take on a team in Portland who, you know, also has not really been especially impressive, uh, especially of late. Yeah, the, the Blazers are like one of my least favorite teams this year. I, I don't believe in them. I don't think they're very good. Where that stems is the fact that they're terrible on defense. So both of these teams coming in 23rd or worse in defensive efficiency over the last 10 games. Look at the season-long numbers. They'll back up the fact that these are not good defensive teams, still bottom third teams in defensive efficiency. And really when you you talk about, you know, the injuries that the Hornets have had to go through, I mean, you know, 1.46 a.m., right? The Associated Press writes that article this morning that Lamella Ball is going to rejoin the team. That makes Charlotte fully healthy. Uh, you know, this is, this is a pretty incredible feat for them. They're finally going to be fully healthy. I also, as a sidebar, actually do think that the teams that got hit with COVID, like the Hornets, like the Sixers, are going to benefit, you know, in the next month, right? Because they, they sort of are, are, you know, they have those antibodies. I don't know. Uh, if we want to talk about science, but like, it, you know, it definitely is a situation <laughs> where it's going to help, right? That you're finally healthy. Everyone else is dealing with all these issues and LaMelo ball, you know, he's going to push the pace. We know that we just talked about the fact that without him, the pace of the Hornets went down. I think the pace is going to go up here. You want to talk about the, uh, the defenses. They're terrible. And Norman Powell has done a really good job filling in for CJ McCollum. I, I just, I really think that, you know, this Blazers offense is good enough, especially with Yus- Yusuf Nurkic going against the worst front court in basketball defending the restricted area or one of the worst anyway one of the worst front courts in in basketball I definitely think that Nurkic can get whatever he wants down there he's been a big part of this offense the shooting has sustained itself even without McCollum thanks to guys like Anthony Simons and Powell and I think in general we see a fast-paced game no defense and like the under that we both had last night right with the rock a bad Rockets offense and a bad Knicks offense two bad defenses can equal an over you know with there's there's enough pace and there was enough. There were enough possessions in that game. There should be enough in this game. Uh, I know that's a high number, but I'm definitely, definitely taking the over with Lamelo Ball coming back with a vengeance here to the Hornets' offense. Well, you make some great points about the specific impacts that players have on pace. If you are not looking at on-off stuff, because guess what? 
takes about six games to get a relatively stable baseline for what a team's yeah. pace expectation should be, which means that by this point in the season, we actually actually have some granular data in terms of how the team is uh, pace looks when certain players are on or off the floor. You want to focus on ball handlers. Lamelo Ball is a huge example of that. Russell Westbrook, huge example of that. So uh, love that uh, we kind of dive into some of the uh, the nitty gritty there, Kenny. Uh, be sure to follow Kenny on Twitter at Kenny Ducey. Check out more of his NBA handicap on NBCSportsEdge.com, including the late sweats dropping every Tuesday night with others from our NBC Sports Edge team. Thanks for having me on, guys. And I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the show and hearing about all your uh, amazing picks for the weekend in NFL because I could really use some winners. <laughs> all right. Well, Kenny wasn't the only person we got to break down the NBA markets. Recently, Vaughn and I were able to catch up with three-time All-Star and NBA champion Rip Hamilton. Let's take a listen. All right, super excited. As an NBA guy, this is going to be a great segment. We get to introduce for the first time to our Bet the Edge audience, the great Rip Hamilton. Talk a little bit of NBA as we are about a third of the way through the season. First of all, Rip, very, very welcome to our show. Absolutely love your work as a college player and an NBA player. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. But And before we get into some of the handicapping questions, I just have to ask, what first got you involved in sports betting and uh, and more specifically, what made PointsBet such a great partner to uh, kind of introduce you into this space? Well, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, growing up, you know, uh, loving sports, uh, you know, hanging out with your friends, going to the to the uh, neighborhood park, and you tend to always bet if it's betting on one on one, two on two, or you know, betting who can make the most threes. But as a collegiate athlete and as a professional athlete you were taught not to bet or stay away from guys that would bet on uh basketball games and stuff like that and uh you know once the lead kind of got behind it right for me personally because i was always the guy that hey wouldn't even get my friends wouldn't even tell my friends who was playing uh or who wasn't playing the night before because you just didn't want to tip anybody off because you heard about all the stories with guys getting involved with betting and you know all the different scandals back in the day and it just you know just like anything the world has changed uh, you look at how medical marijuana is today like it wasn't you know it wasn't a thing that people used for medical health 15 20 years ago but now you know it's everywhere same thing with sports betting uh, I think this is a situation that you know people couldn't run away from I think that you know, when you look at the average fan that comes to the game, it kind of enhanced their experience. Now you can come to a game and you can uh, bet on a game. Uh, you look at points bet. We uh, have a facility uh, area in Caesars Arena. So now you can come to a Detroit Pistons game and you can enjoy the game. And you can also leave your wife or your kids for a couple of minutes to go to the state of the art sports bar and actually place a bet. So it makes the game a lot more exciting. Uh, I got with the guys, I got with the team. Uh, they were more like the underdog. You know, when you look at all the other bigger betting sites, this was a, a group that wanted to come in and they wanted to make an impact and they wanted to make it big. And me being a Detroit Pistons and playing against the Los Angeles Lakers and everybody thought that <laughs> we were going to lose that series, we were considered the underdog. So it was just like a match made in heaven. You know, I liked the leadership there. They allowed me to come in and, and, and give, give my opinions and give them advice on what what avenue we should go to with with different things with, with betting and stuff like that 
So I, I, I appreciate it. Like I enjoy it. They, you know, I have a voice there. A lot of times when you endorse certain things that, you know, guys like that endorse it really doesn't have a voice. So uh, I'm, I'm super active with it. So uh, I'm excited uh, to be a part of it. Oh, that is a great story. And a couple of things really connected with me there. Number one, the underdogs. Uh, as an <laughs> underdog guy myself, I, you know, I, consistently that's sort of my number one angle in betting. And then number two, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. If you're an athlete and you have the competitive nature, uh, the idea of kind of still having some skin in the game by, you know, kind of trying to, uh, you know, figure something out, find the edge, bet the angle. Uh, all of that really is uh, adds so much more entertainment value to an already awesome product that is the NBA. Uh, so as we pivot a little bit to this particular season, which has gotten off to an absolutely awesome start, a uh, ton of great storylines and just abs you know, really high quality play. I have thought, you know, the Western Conference is where I want to kick off here because it looks at least a little bit more well-defined. We have three very, very, very good regular season teams here between the Warriors, Suns, and Jazz that sit at the top of the market. Lakers right now in fourth at uh, plus 500 to win the West, obviously because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which makes them a tough out in the playoffs. Uh, is there anyone among these four favorites that you have seen this year that really stands out in your mind as a, a team that we should keep our eyes on and are potentially looking to win the West in the futures bets? Well, it's hard, it's hard to hide or not talk about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I mean, this team right here has been playing at an all-time, all-time high. I mean, they're, you can go back to the years that they won a championship, and they're playing just as good, good or better basketball than than the years that they went out and won, other than the great uh, when they broke the Chicago Bulls' 72-game win season. I like their chances, especially with uh, Steph Curry playing at an MVP level. The thing that they have the advantage, let's say, over let's say the Phoenix Suns, who's been playing great since last, since the bubble. Let's go all the way back to there. It's took over took over the ball club. But the thing that I love about them is they they've been there before. They understand what it takes to win an NBA championship. Steph Curry's playing at an MVP level. Draymond Green is playing incredible basketball just from a leadership standpoint, setting the tempo. But the young guys, right? The young guys are now growing up. The young guys are playing like veterans. They're playing like seasoned veterans uh, on this on this ball club. Wiggins a guy that when they brought him there, they felt as though, okay, he can be that that third or fourth piece that they need to kind of take the role of uh, Harrison Barnes and, and Kevin Durant. Now he's the third option that's knocking down shots from, from the perimeter. Jordan Poole has grown up uh, mm -hmm. making big shots and really, you know, taking on a challenge with Klay Thompson uh, being out. So uh, at, at the beginning of the season, when people were talking about him, I was like, ah, nah, you know, everybody. Suns With Devin Booker. And Chris Paul, like everybody caught on to to what uh, Golden State has been doing, especially offensively, you know, getting up on their shooters, making them uh, drive to the basket and, and take two two point shots. But the way Steph Curry has been playing for this ball club and the young guys, man, I, I would have to take my hats off and say the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And as you said, we don't have Clay Thompson back yet. And James Wiseman, too, another young guy that can step up and certainly help them in a lot of different ways. I mean. Draymond Green, all these guys. I like them. I know Drew was very hot in the beginning of the year, so uh, we do like to hear the Warriors. And I get to see them play the Celtics, actually. So I'll be Ooh. first hand uh, checking out what the Warriors look like in person. So that'll be a good one. Now, I'm an East Coast guy, Rip. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about, you know, the Bucks and the Nets are, of course, the top two teams in the East Conference. They're probably going to be like that all season long. You got, like, the Heat, the Sixers, my two favorites, the Hawks and the Bulls. Now I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm very pumped this season. Of course, I was rocking with you your last two years, Rip. So I appreciate your service with the greatest franchise of all time. But in a seven-game series, 
any teams outside of the Bucks or the Nets that uh, you, you think have a shot at taking them down? Well, if I had to say somebody in the East, I would have to say the Miami Heat, man. Listen, I like it. You know, Coach Spolster does an excellent job of just getting these guys ready, right? You add Kyle Lowry to an already seasoned, you know, ball club. These, this team comes out, plays hard each and every night. You know, they defend. You got Bam who can play and guard one through five. That's the one thing that I love about them. They, their players are very interchangeable. Jimmy Butler, he's a superstar that don't care about the credit, right? He's going to go out there and say, all right, regardless if I go out there and score 30 or score eight, my impact is still going to be the same, not just on the court, but also in, in, in the locker room. Uh, so I, I like they, they're, they're one of them, them dark horse scary teams because me being a Detroit guy mm-hmm. and understands grit and grind, the Miami Heat has that, right? Like, you know, they uh, I thought uh, Milwaukee kind of figured them out last year, even though, you know, Miami had success with them in the bubble. But I just feel as though now that you add a seasoned vet, a guy, a champion in Kyle Lowry, a guy that understands pressure moments on this ball club, now the ball doesn't have to be in Jimmy Butler's hand for, you know, the last 12 minutes of the game. Now you got another guy that can can be the captain of the ship, you know, for, for the last three, four possessions down the, down the floor where I felt as though they struggled, especially against the Lakers, when, when the Lakers kind of figured them out uh, in, in, in the NBA Finals. So I, if I had to pick a team, I would have to say the Miami Heat. Ooh, that's a fun pick. Uh, very, very, uh, it, it, very excited to see how that team comes together as we come down the home stretch here in the regular season and into the playoffs. And as you mentioned, an extremely, extremely tough out in the best of seven series because of all the versatility there. Curious your thoughts on the MVP race uh, through 30 games this season. Uh, Market would tell us that it's basically a three-player race here. Steph Curry is sitting at the top of the board at plus 125. I think we all know why. <laughs> he is uh, obviously dominating headlines with the uh, the all-time record of three-pointers on top of the fact that the Warriors themselves are sit the, sit at the top of the standings. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, right there behind him, Kevin Durant, who a lot of people have made a case for, is... Uh, you know, kind of going a little bit unnoticed, his contributions as far as kind of carrying this Nets team. And then, of course, just from a statistical standpoint, you can't leave out Giannis Antetokounmpo. Would you agree that these three players, one of these guys is ultimately going to be our MVP or do you think there's a dark horse out there? No, I would say yes. I mean, like you said, like what Steph Curry's doing from the three-point line now, everybody's like, like screaming, Steph, 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 Steph. But I like KD. I mean, I like KD. You know, you, you can't never count Giannis Antetokounmpo out. You know, uh, when you look at the Lakers and LeBron James, like they're not playing for the regular season. They're, they're playing for for the NBA NBA finals. Paul George has been playing great. I mean, uh, especially early in the season, especially with no Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard out there. But I do think it's a it's a three man man race. You see Joker Jokers. I mean, you look at his stats out there for for Denver. I mean, they're incredible. You look at his success when he's on the court It's plus minus when he's on or off the court. He's a guy that that's leading the lead when he's on on the floor. When you look at the plus uh, from a scoring standpoint, but uh, yes, I would have to agree with you, them three guys. But if I had to pick one of them, I, I would pick KD. I like that a lot. I think there's some value there still with Kevin Durant, and I mean with Kyrie Irving, you know, probably not going to be in uniform at all this season. We can basically say Kevin Durant's going to be a, thir- a walking thirty piece uh, most nights, like he has been already. So yeah, I'll ride with you on that one, Rip. And you know, we've been talking about some guys who are legendary. Uh, there's rookies this year that are coming up and they are so fun to watch, man. And I've been impressed with a couple of them in particular. I mean, my pick 
was Jalen Green for Rookie of the Year. He kind of had that injury, so he's fallen off a little bit, taking a step back. But there's guys like Evan Mobley, who's now the favorite, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, even Chris Duarte got his name in the mix. Anybody you're in particular looking at for Rookie of the Year you would put your money on? Well, I would have to right now. Like I was – I had – you know, it was a lot of praise early in the season going towards, you know, Cade and, and Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. But you know, and they, they, they kind of came to bad teams that really needed them, you know, immediately to really step up. And they and they played well. You know, I thought Jalen Green, like you said, went out with injury. You know, his his season has been kind of like a roller coaster ride. But I would have to say Evan Mobley, right? I mean, it's not just his impact on the offense end, but what he does on the defense end. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's, that's it goes very under the radar, right? His impact that he does on the defense and very Kevin Garnett like a guy Ooh. that defense. He's your security blanket. He can guard one through five. He got great anticipation on the defense and he can block shots. He can one day be defensive player of the year, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. if I had to pick a guy right now, I would have to go with uh with uh Mobley. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. Of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA, and Peacock. That was a great interview. Thank you to the great Rip Hamilton. He is as cool in person as you would imagine. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about how you can get some free money. There is a predictor app contest that you must must get involved with everyone looks forward to the weekend and the NBC sports predictor app powered by points bet is making it even better by giving you a chance to win over $1 million this weekend contests start Saturday with the college bowls, the PNC championship, as well as in the premier league. Then on Sunday, $1 million is up for grabs on Sunday night, seven in the saints and bucks matchup. So download the predictor app from your app store and visit NBCSports.com slash predictor for more info. Vaughn, let's talk some college bowls and let us welcome in John Subowitz. Welcome to Bet the Edge, John. Thank you. And such a great, you guys have a great opportunity. Back-to-back guests from Eastern Connecticut, of course, UConn's <laughs> Rip Hamilton. And now you got Eastern Connecticut State University's John Subowitz here. Lucky for you guys. Great way to cap the weekend. Well, and great. What a great weekend to have you on because we have College Bowl Bonanza kicking off this weekend. And what's great is that this is sort of the um, these aren't the bowls that uh, the casuals care about, but this is the bowls for the betters. 
It real mm-hmm. these really are the only yeah. the real reason that they're running these bowls is for us. Let's not mince words here. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, when, when I put out the, a lot of these articles, a lot of people said to me like, "Oh, I don't care about these games." I'm like, "Well, if you bet, if you bet them, you're gonna love it because there's some great there's some great opportunities to make some money this weekend. There's some great games. I know." If you follow college football, there's some great teams to watch, and there's going to be some great offensive shows this weekend. Mm-hmm. What a great segue. Let's talk about the Boca Raton Bowl, which looks on paper like one of the more exciting and fun and entertaining uh, fireworks shows of the weekend. Western Kentucky takes on Appalachian State, uh, Hilltoppers versus Yosef. Uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of a regional clash here. I'm sure these teams are fighting for the same recruits year after year, so... A fun one in the Boca Raton Bowl. How do you uh, handicap this guy? I took a look at this game. I I agree with you. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Of course, Western Kentucky, one of the best offenses in the day. Bailey Zappi led all of college football in passing yards mm-hmm. and passing touchdowns. I wish he got a little more love this year. You know, when it came to people talking about him, he's of course a senior. He's going to go. He's going to go into the draft this year. People are going to look at him. And then, of course, he brought his teammate over, Jared Stearns from Houston Baptist. They connected for over 1,700 yards, 17 touchdowns. They're the He's the number one pass success rate in all of college football. But again, Appalachian State, they no knock to them. They know how to put on the offense, too. Chase Bryce mm-hmm. has been incredible. 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns. And then, of course, you got Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, the one of the best duos in college football. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Bailey Zapp a little bit. He's been so outstanding. Like, all of Joe Burrow's records, he's potentially about to break them just on a smaller wow. level at a smaller school. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's been impressive. Four or more touchdowns in nine games this year for him. So, he could certainly light up the scoreboard. So, I like that one. And I wanted to get your opinion on the Independence Bowl because I have no idea where to go with BYU and UAB. BYU's lane six and a half. They burned me in week one of the college football season. I've never gone back to them, to be honest with you, because I was like, that's it. That's it for me. So help me out here. Give me a winner on my Saturday. You know, I, I, I took a look at this game, and the same thing with you. I mean, it's tough. They're not so good against the spread this year. They, they've been one and five in the last six games. But the one thing that I, I do like them is the fact – I took a look at this game. It's going to come down to the red zone. UAB, not very good in the red zone. They've allowed 32 touchdowns and 36 trips. And BYU has had 46 touchdowns and 52 trips. So Jaron Hall has been playing great this year. He's got the ability with the arm and and his legs. He can move the ball. Of course, Tyler Allegier, he is going to want to show off in this game possibly going to the NFL. He's going to want to show off for those scouts. There's, you know, of course, there's going to be some injuries in, in this game. Neil Pogba is going to have to step up in this game. You know, I saw Gunnar Romney. Hopefully he plays. If those two could be contributors in the passing game, it's going to help BYU a lot. So I believe that I'm going to take the six and a half. I've seen it six and a half. It started at eight. It's dropping. I've seen it in seven in some spots. But if you could find that six and a half, I'm confident in it. Okay. You're on the uh, uh, the buyback here. We've seen some pretty heavy market action on UAB when it was at seven and a half. The mm-hmm. sharp stopped betting it once it got to seven. The steam, over steam, we'll say, yeah. took it down to six and a half. So not, uh, not a bad idea to kind of wait and get the buy low here on BYU. BYU with clearly the more competent offense in this contest. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be fun in the Independence Bowl. The Frisco Bowl. 
goes off between UTSA, that is University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners, if you were not aware, uh, a team that uh, went undefeated for a lot of the season before weirdly kind of stumbling late. Um, curious, uh, what's that? Not, weird. not weirdly. It was North Texas, baby. Oh, you knew it was coming. Program. Yeah. That's, that's the mean green money machines, baby. I remember well, you had that game. I remember that. Yeah, Vaughn was all over it. I was <laughs> sleeping on that one. But either way, UTSA, uh, small chalk taking on San Diego State. San Diego State's a tough handicap. They have uh, a very, very different style of play than a lot of the other football programs you're going to come across here. Uh, what's your lean one way or the other between the uh, the Roadrunners and the Aztecs? You know, when I was, th- you know, I, I did this game uh, a couple of weeks ago, but now we know that Sincere McCormick is not going to be in this game. He's, he's elected to declare for the NFL draft. He's not going to be in this game. That is a huge, huge factor. One of their best players. I do like Frank Harris. I think Frank Harris is pretty, you know, really good. The same guy, another dual threat quarterback who can go with his arm, run with his legs. He's 66% completion rate. I think he could be good. The big thing is here is that San Diego State got exposed. Their defense got exposed big time in the Mountain West Championship game. Logan Bonner absolutely went off on them. And is that how they really are, or was that just a one-off? It's really hard to determine. But what I'm going to go with is the fact that can San Diego State respond to UTSA's offense? They don't have anybody in the passing game. Jordan Brookshire, Lucas Johnson – really haven't done much this year in terms of quarterback play. And the one thing is that although that San Diego State can run the ball, UTSA 34th against the rush success, that's going to be a big factor too. If they could stop the San Diego State run, I'm going to be UTSA the edge here. It's it's at two and a half right now, or it's actually dropped now. It's actually dropped to two. It was a two and a half. It was a three. It's it's dropping. And some spots I've even seen it as a pickup. So... I think if you see it as a pick em, I'm going to lean towards UTSA in that. I don't want to go too much higher, but if you could get it as a pick em, take USTSA. What's your uh, what's your read on the uh, on the Roadrunners, Vaughn? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I was actually leaning the UTSA Roadrunners in this one. I think that North Texas game they lost kind of set, was set up for them to lose that game, especially since North Texas had his chance to be in its second ever bowl game and go on a six-game winning streak, which they did do, in fact. So I think it was just one of those letdown spots for UTSA, and now it's more of a spot where, like, okay, I'm back on the road runners. Let's get back to business because they got that one loss out their way. So, yeah, I think they're going to be okay in this spot. I I would definitely bet UTSA if I was betting this game. Okay, well, if you didn't know, Frisco Bowl, not in San Francisco, it is in Frisco, Texas. So don't uh, don't don't get your tickets to uh, the Bay Area uh, if you want to go check this one out on Tuesday. Um, but outstanding breakdown, John, uh, be sure to follow John on Twitter at I'm that suppy S-U-P-I, uh, and make sure to read more of his bowl season handicap on NBC Sports John, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too, guys. Happy belated birthday, Vaughn. Thank you, and great Christmas tree, by the way. I don't know if it's him or not, because the lady's usually the ones doing it, but it looks great. Speaking of Christmas, give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. What a gift to find under your Christmas tree, uh, a box of NBC Sports Edge Plus subscriptions. Uh, You can get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to call on December 31st, so visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. And remember... All our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one low Edge Plus subscription. It is 
fantasy football playoff season. If you are not using these tools to help you win your league, then why are you even playing, Vaughn? That is the question I have to ask you. Um, yeah. And <laughs> speaking of playing. What do you like for edge of the day? Break it down for me. All right. So I did want to go Celtics Warriors, but you guys got that covered for me today. So we are going on the college basketball slate for a bounce back today. We're going VTech, the Hokies, minus two and a half against the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Now, it's a neutral court game at the Spectrum Center in North Carolina. Kyle Lofton is a game time decision for the Bonnies. He is the factor in this one because he's missed the last three games. They beat Buffalo and Loyola, but they lost to UConn by 10. And that UConn game was the first time they were underdogs all season. They're a plus four and a half, lost the game by 10. Lofton averages 17, 17 points, four rebounds, and six assists this year. Uh, so he's certainly a big factor. If he's out, I like VTech up to minus four in the spot. I think there's value there. The St. Bonnies have failed to cover in five straight games. Um, like I said, neutral court. VTech's a very good team. The A10 hasn't looked as great as I expected them to be this season. Uh, so I definitely like the Hokies in this spot. And I actually. Drew have points bet on my line right now. They're going to give me a Celtics booster tonight. Ah. Um, I know that's going to be on your edge of the day, but we're going to go. I asked for Celtics plus three, Jalen Brown, 20 plus points and Steph Curry, 20 plus points. I think that's an amazing booster, especially to be in person to watch. So uh, let's go seize and let's go V tech. Well, your booster last night was a rocking chair winner. The, the yeah, what was yeah. it? Allen and Kelsey both over fifty yards. I think, I think they, they only combined had like for three hundred. Yeah, combined yeah. <laughs> yards. Yeah, that was nice. Nice call by you. Uh, okay, good luck. And you know, I don't mind fading the Bonnies. Bonnies cost me some serious uh, coin last year in the tournament round one. So get it back. Let's keep fading the Bonnies. Yeah, let's get it back. Um, all right, my edge of the day going to the NBA. And again, NBA is um, it's a dynamic animal right now. And making an edge of the day pick at eight in the morning when we have no idea who's actually taking the court is dicey. However, I do think there is a meaningful advantage here with the Boston Celtics, despite the fact that they've lost a couple of guys lately with COVID. Horford not look like looking to go. Grant Williams not looking like he will go. Those absences, I don't think, make a meaningful difference in this particular matchup. I would have liked Horford out there against Draymond Green. He would at least had a little bit of gravity, kind of moving Green off of some of the, uh, uh, you know, the better offensive players. But uh, that's okay. Still a decent matchup here for Boston. Boston has uh, the wings that can really disrupt what Golden State wants to do offensively which I think is meaningfully important on top of the fact that Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, and really the, you know, the, the entirety of the Boston um, engine uh, is relatively well rested right now. This yeah. is as rested as they're going to be the entire month of December, really the entire winter. They had a grind through the opening salvo of the season. That has really kind of impacted a lot of what you're seeing in their advanced analytics. You're looking at a team that's 500 and, um, you know, in general, a small dog, even at home against, uh, you know, a good team. But uh, ultimately, they're better than their 14 and 14 record suggests. And I think realistically, this is going to be a contest that's decided late in the game. And uh, you know who's been an absolute killer in fourth quarters this season jason tatum i mean you know you you if you look at the advanced numbers for fourth quarter performances and you set aside the mighty chicago bulls zach levine and rosen the best player in the fourth quarter uh in the nba this season has been jason tatum he is the x factor if this is a close game which i expect it to be um even if the celtics are meaningfully down by margin at points in this game which is very possible they make for a great live entry too because this is a team that goes on runs 
uh, and uh, realistically, some of the fatigue, uh, the absence of Jordan Poole may matter here for Golden State. And I could see this being more of a, a defensive grind. If I had to lean on a total, I would look under. Um, but ultimately, let's say Boston gets the win, 105-104. Uh, I like that. I'm definitely going to be rooting hard for the Celtics tonight. I was going to say, to your credit, I when I saw them playing personally against the Bulls, they were not the fourth quarter team that they've been as of late. And the rest spot, which we spoke about off camera, I think is a huge factor. Getting Jalen Brown back to against Milwaukee because he missed five games, looked great, and then gets three days and then a fourth day on the game of rest. So, yeah, go Boston. I'm going crazy tonight. Thank you, Drew, for uh, my late birthday gift. I expect <laughs> Well, Fridays are always challenging, but hopefully we found you guys winners. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com. You'll have all the information you'll need to know after you're done listening to us to continue helping with your wagers. Thanks for those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. And again, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Best of your luck with your plays and enjoy your weekend. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.